0: What's up, Freedom Church family, we are so glad that you've decided to join us today. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that God's word is crucial to experiencing his true freedom. We pray that you will find hope and that God will speak to you wherever you are through today's message. All right, let's get into the word, Freedom Church family, all right? Today is week five. Week five of Building Church, the series called Building Church, and I can't wait to share what God has declared today in his word. And uh, I, I believe, honestly, that this series, Building Church, is actually allowing us to see how God is building people and not the building, And so it is a remarkable thing to see through the scriptures week after week that God has a purpose with your heart and not the position you hold in church. And so I can't wait to preach this thing today. Um, And I know for a fact that God will speak to your heart. Um, I'm going to start off in Genesis chapter 16. If you could please raise for the reading of the word. Genesis chapter sixteen. If you're watching online, if your Bible glows, it's okay. Genesis chapter sixteen. It says this. Now, Sarah, or Sarai, before they they changed her name to Sarah. Abraham's wife had borne him no children, but she said, I have an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abraham, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I like this right here. Who can build? I can build. That's probably one of our mistakes right there, huh? Perhaps I can build. Perhaps I can build. Perhaps I can do it. Perhaps I can extend. Perhaps I can build a family through God, through her. Abraham agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abraham or Abram, had been living in Canaan 10 years. So Rai, his wife, took his, her Egyptian slave, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar, and she conceived. Number four continues and says, when she knew she was pregnant, Hagar was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress, I want to jump really quickly and just stay with me. It's going to take a couple of more seconds here. Mark chapter 2. I want to talk to you about these two stories really quickly. A few days later when Jesus had again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left not even outside of the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. And they lowered the mat the man was laying on when Jesus saw whose faith, the man's faith, There's faith. He said to the paralyzed man, your sons, your, your sins are forgiven. Uh, today, if you can bear with me, uh, we want to talk to you today under the theme, what keeps you? What keeps you? Thank you, worship team. Can we give a round of applause to our worship team? They do such an amazing job. Thank you so much. What keeps you? What keeps you? I, um, I wanted to title this message a question because I, I want and, and need to understand the perspective that you guys have about what keeps you. And this is a very general question because it can say what the question could be. What keeps you up at night or what keeps you from learning or what keeps you from being lovable or what keeps you from Bringing your anger down or what keeps you. There's so many things that this question entails and actually covers when we're talking about character. Okay, but I want to tell you a story really quickly. The other day I went to a good friend's birthday dinner. She's here today, so don't look at her. She gets nervous. But we went to a birthday dinner and um, and we had a, a, a good time and just to celebrate her life, to celebrate her. And you know, birthday dinners are supposed to be fun. They're supposed to be great. You're supposed to be celebrating with people and having fun and, and having that atmosphere of just celebration. All of a sudden we ordered our food and I start noticing that my girls are acting up as usual. Obviously they're two girls, they're young and you know, they're, they're babies. Um, they started acting up to the point where now what was celebratory to me for that other person became now a burden (laughs) very quickly. It was a very quick shift. I I, I still remember when I entered the restaurant, was so excited. And then all of a sudden, when the baby started acting up, my mood changed and then my celebratory became my burden. And I said, oh, my God, now what I'm going to do with these little girls What made it worse was when you're hungry, hungry, hungry. Have you ever been that way? You're just starving like Brina is right now. I'm talking about hungry. The food took at least three hours to get to our, our table. Three hours of waiting, three hours of my daughter screaming and crying. The big guy knows what I'm talking about now. He has two kids. And and it was probably one of the worst experiences for me that I've ever experienced in my life when it came to dining out. For the birthday girl, she was just celebrating all smiles. She has no kids. So I hate you. No, I'm playing. <laughs> it was a moment of transition where literally I had joyfulness turn into, now a burden turn into what kept me from celebrating in the first place and so i started noticing and i started thinking man i really had no good time there what actually kept me from having a good time so i started thinking well was it my children no i have them all the time so i know how they're gonna deal with it and i know how they're gonna act and i know how they're gonna you know uh, maneuver in different ways what kept me from having fun. Was it the birthday girl? Did she not acknowledge my family? Did she act bougie? No, she didn't. She gave me a hug. She was very nice and we we actually love her. But what kept me from having fun was the waiting. What kept me from having a great Time in 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 with people with families celebrating somebody's life and and having great time tasting new foods and having a good time to to chat with people was the waiting on something that I expected to come earlier. See when when you go to a restaurant, you're not expecting to stay there for three hours to pay for your food and then be able to eat you're expecting for it to have at least 20 30 minutes and that's it we had a large group and so we I went to the manager because I was really upset I told my do- my I couldn't even eat in the restaurant I said can you put that in boxes you, you know I, I got really unchristian really unpastured like box up my stuff I don't even want to talk to y'all real quick I said box it up and I need to talk to somebody so I went up to the waiter I said hey listen I'm gonna ask you a question do you really think that it's feasible and viable for me to go ahead and pay this whatever amount it is for three hours of waiting for your food his response was well I'm sorry about that it's a large group so I I started thinking and I I spoke to him I said "Uh, uh, the inner big guy came out of me, you know, how you dispute things. I said, that's a problem. If, if your systems are not in place to cater for people of a larger amount, what's going to end up happening is you're going to lose clients because you're thinking I can handle the big group, but I don't have sufficient resources to handle it. Why am I saying this? Why is this so important? Why am I talking about my devastating dinner? Because we also have an issue thinking that God is limited with his resources. We also think that because he has to deal with everyone and everybody's situation and problems and and things of that nature, he might not have an opportunity for me. He does not have the sufficient resources to listen to my prayer because he's probably listening to somebody else complain. He's probably listening to somebody else's issue that's probably bigger than mine's. And we limit our God as he he was in a restaurant with limited resources. And so our waiting then becomes disastrous because we listen to God say promises and pray and, and declare things to families. And we go, God is going to bless you. God is going to do this. God is going to do that. And in the waiting period, we lose ourselves because we actually think he's for God. He don't have no resources. It's not sufficient. It's not enough. The verse or the story that we read in Genesis chapter 16 has a story about a woman and a man that were promised to be father and 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 mother of nations. We we have a promise Filled people that are walking towards the purpose of God we we have obedient people that God told them to leave their families and their their loved ones and to follow what he was declaring without even showing them where they were going and they followed and I can imagine Abram going up to to Sarah saying hey listen we got to leave God just spoke to me Sarah could have said he ain't speak to me but she followed. She was obedient. And every time God will speak to Abram, he would tell him he would be fathers of many nations. But here's the thing. He had no children. Childless, walking in the purpose, being obedient to God, waiting for the promise. And God still has not delivered on his promise. And so Abram hasn't said anything about it until now. He's just talking to God. He's saying, God, how am I going to become a father of nations without any children? And so now. Sarah gets in the picture, and, and you have to understand the mindset of Sarah. To not be able to bear children was not common. It, is, it, it was a disgraceful thing to the family. So guess what? She has a brilliant plan, and her plan involves her. Her pride, her ego, her mentality, the way she wants to do certain things. And check this out. She text, t- tells Abram, hey, I have a wonderful idea how I can build our family. Can I just say this really quickly? She's feeling devastated because she's unable to produce. She is not able to produce no children up to now. So she literally tells herself and Abram the truth, which was God has kept me from being productive. God has closed my womb and I've not been able to, to produce anything that, that, that you're wanting and desiring. And so she immediately has an idea, but can I, can I, can we stop here really quickly? Sarah Found her self-worth In producing a child for Abram. That was where she felt The most sufficient The most accomplished She said if I can just Give Abraham a child I'll be fine I'll be okay My purpose is met I'm good But there's a problem with that And this is what I wrote When you have the thought about depending on others, when you have the thought that you have to produce for others, your level and your expectations will destroy what God has called you for. And so Sarah is really trying to navigate herself because she's saying, wait a minute, I haven't been able to produce. This is what I'm made for. This is what I'm called for. I'm able to produce, but I'm not able to produce. And so her self-worth is depending on Abraham's satisfaction. So. This is what happens. The idea of having no children wasn't sufficient for Sarah. She says, there has to be a way where I have to do something about this. And this is where we usually get in trouble. What was keeping Sarah from being joyful? What was keeping Sarah from being a wife to Abraham? What, what was keeping Sarah from being the Sarah that God had called her for and, and, and to say that she was the mother of nations. She, she was kept from being joyful through the wait. She was waiting patiently for years and I'm not talking about a one, two, three. I'm not talking about how my daughter is. She's very impatient. I go, you're going to have chocolate in a minute. She'll literally count the minute and go, is that a minute? It's already? We're good? So I now have to work with my words and say, I'll let you know when you're going to get chocolate. We're like that with God. God will tell us, I'm going to give you something. I'm, I promised you this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to deliver you from this. And we're like, all right, God, it's time. And the way will destroy our faith in God. Desperation, you thinking that you know it all. You thinking that, that you have a way to manage something that God has completely under control will mess up what God originally had intended. And so, mind you, Sarah wasn't spoken directly by God and saying, hey, listen, you're gonna be the mother of nations. That doesn't come until chapters after. But he was speaking to Abraham. And so Sarah now has a choice. She goes, this is not working. It's not working. Okay. Okay. So her mind shifted. She started to think, "Nothing comes out of me. <laughs> nothing can be born of me. There's nothing special about me. I, I I cannot produce anything. There's there's I'm stuck in this in this moment. I'm stuck in this mindset. There's nothing that I can do to get out of it." She's thinking how we think. Man, I'm so tired of living this way. I just don't know how to get out. Man, I'm so tired of saying that. I just don't know what else to say. Man, I'm so tired of this situation. I just don't know how to change it. It is dangerous for you to ever think that your purpose relies on producing for everyone else. It is a very dangerous mindset that you think that you have to be able to be on your ones and twos to be able to produce to everybody and, and fulfill everybody's expectations. The moment you do that, you will stop listening to what God had already established. Yeah, good. Now she's thinking, okay, I can I can. Have somebody to have my child now I can have somebody to I have an idea I I can build this I have I have this to do I, I can do this but I have a couple of questions for you here's the thing how do you deal with a promise but no productivity how do you deal with walking in purpose But walking in self-doubt. How do you do it when God declares that he will do it? Yet there is an opportunity for you to speed the process. When God is declaring and stating and he's telling you, Hey, be patient. I already declared it from the beginning. All you have to do is wait. But that waiting starts eating you alive. Uh, man, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty, man. I'm, I'm hurting. I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed out. I'm tired of waiting. Sarah is not having an out-of-body experience. She's not being a mean person. She's being normal. I'm tired of waiting. Is there a, a way where we can find something, where we can change it? And so now this is where the danger comes. When God already established something and now you add yourself into the mix. Listen, you go, you've ever had this situation where God is speaking to you and God already directed something to you and then you go, you know what? I think this is what God meant. I don't really think that that's what he meant. I think he meant this. When you start introducing your mind and introducing your thoughts and introducing what you think, You won't be able to leave room for what he has already declared. And so Sarah is having a hard time. Man, God said that. He took me out of my family's house. I'm listening to this crazy man saying that God is talking to him and that we're gonna be fathers and mothers of nations, yet I don't see anything. Honestly, what, what in reality is, is that he's kept me from... I have a question. Did they have any exams back in the days that will let her know that she was infertile? Or maybe it was Abraham. How does she know? How does she know? So then she develops a plan to find out how really miserable she is. She says, I can help us build a plan. I, I, I can help us build a plan that I will destroy God. And what his plans are for your life. It will destroy it, not because he can be destroyed, not because he, what he said can be destroyed. It will destroy your confidence and your faith in him. And so Sarah goes, OK, I got a plan. This is the plan. Very simple. Um, Abraham, what you're going to do is that I have a slave that you can sleep with and I can have the child. She is depending on someone else to produce for her. She's depending on someone else's ability to be able to produce. To produce for her but it's not a a godly production it is not a godly thought and so she goes Abraham you can do this and Abraham you know he's a he's a guy what absolutely you, are you sorry God told you all right Abraham should have said absolutely not God promised that me and you would be able to be fathers of nations Not this woman, but when you're not sure of what God has placed in your hands, you would, without thinking, hand it over to someone else that God didn't call. It's her job to produce. It's her job to to provide for her family. And so she's thinking because she hasn't been able to that she has to give it and put it in somebody else's hands. You need to be careful who you trust nowadays. Because not everyone is called to do what God called you to do. And when you put your opinions and your thoughts in someone else's hands, they can quickly destroy you. Hey, I had a, you, you remember Joseph in his dreams? Hey, I, I had a dream that you guys were, oh, that's the dream? Cool. Let's put you in a hole. And the Bible says that as soon as Abraham did what he did, the Bible says that she conceived. Guess what? If there was any doubt that it was Sarah that had the issue, there was no doubt anymore. on top of not her being able to produce, somebody else produced with her man. And we sit here and we look at these situations, we go, man, I I, I was I was supposed to be that preacher that's up there I I was supposed to be that that singer that was up there. My space was supposed to be there I was supposed to do this. I was supposed to be doing that for God, but in reality You didn't know how to wait You're waiting And Waiting but you said wait a minute now. I got to do something because if I don't then then it's never gonna get done who? Made you God Who who created the heavens and the earth? I'm sorry your minds can't comprehend that he's Making you wait so he can build you up. So it doesn't transfer. It doesn't make sense and you go. No, no, no I have to do something Uh, did you create the heavens and earth when something needed to get done? A matter of fact, that you are a you are a recipient of God's word becoming true and being created. Yet we want to create our own ways and our own lanes. No, no, I can make this happen. This this the generations that we live in today. No, I can make that happen. Absolutely, no prayer. No guidance. Absolutely no guidance, no nothing. No, I can make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. What, what does it need? Yeah, I can make that happen. Yep, sure. Absolutely. And God is over here saying, okay, cool. That's what you want to do? All right. Doesn't make no sense. That's not what I said. That's not what I declared. That's not what I intended for your life. But she had other plans. Her, her plans were to produce children. That's all she was thinking about, to produce children. So she did it in a surrogate way. And she said, well, what I can do is use your womb to bless myself. Here's the thing with that. You can never feel satisfied with somebody else's blessing. Never be satisfied with somebody else's blessing. Never be satisfied with with the other call that God gave to somebody. Never be satisfied. And and this is what what God is trying to tell his people. What What is keeping you from actually being successful is your impatience. We want to be able to build our relationships and build our marriage and build our churches and build our community and build and build and build. But in reality, all we're trying to build is our persona and and what we think and our minds and our brands and what we desire. In reality, we, we are so far off from what God has declared in his word that we continue to constantly make mistakes. I am trying to build something for myself. And God is saying, but I didn't tell you to build that. So, so, why is it that you're not listening? God, is that I've been waiting to be healed this whole entire time. So I, I had to do what I had to do. God, is that I've been. <laughs> I, I've been dealing with the same woman for, for years and I, I don't get no change. Who told you that you had the, the authority to change anything that I already have created and designed and, and done to the T? Are you what, what what was Sarah trying to say with what she decided to do? Was saying, God does not have time for me. He does not have the resources. I gotta create them. I gotta take advantage, and I gotta take over my life. When are we gonna stop to think and say, "Wait a minute, I need to hear God's voice on this. I need to go into prayer." I, I know that prayer sounds like a, a like an off thing to a lot of people. They go, "Prayer, what? What's that?" No, we 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 jump and shout. No, 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 prayer. Seeking guidance seeking his will seeking what he wants to do when he wants to do it That's the reason why we make mistakes Because we're not guided through the Holy Spirit It's through only what we desire what we want and we try to manipulate and try to create and in reality What we actually do is make a bigger mess Because now the woman that she gave to her husband, not only conceived, now also despised her and thought she was better than Sarah. And this was Sarah's battle to fight now, because now she blamed Abraham. She said, this, this is on you. If I'm Abraham, I'm like, really? Didn't you tell me to sleep with her? What we need is a community of believers that doesn't matter who tells you what and what idea they try to filter inside. If it's not a God idea, I don't want to hear it. I don't care how beautiful you make it look. I don't care how beautiful you make it seem. I don't care how great it sounds. If it's not a God idea, I don't want to hear about it. That's what we need to start doing. But we're led because we are waiting. And while we're waiting, we're not praying, we're just waiting. And so every good idea sounds good. Hey, uh, 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 I, I, I'm going to build this. You want to build it with me? And God is saying, hey, don't, don't go through there. I didn't call you to do that. No, but it sounds like a really cool idea, so I think I'm going to do, do this. No prayer. No examination of the heart. No understanding if God thinks or declares that to be his or not to be his. We only want to do it because it just seems right to us. Stop. Stop. And wait and think and listen to what God is saying and declaring over your life. If He's telling you to wait, it's because there is a reason to wait. If He's telling you to stop, it's because there's a reason to stop. If He's telling you to go, it's because there's a reason to go. You don't own anything. You are not the owner of your own self. You are not the owner of your own mind and of your own heart. But we want to actually become the owners. No, I do what I want to do when I want to actually do it. If we constantly live by the flesh, we will make fleshly mistakes. And Sarah, she's in that moment. She said, man, ah, I made a mistake. I should have never, I should have never allowed this woman to take over what God had declared over my life. And Abraham, he's dealing between Hagar and now Sarah and now a child that is still his, it's still his. And so now he has to fight that battle all because he had to listen to what his wife was saying. And this is what what God meant when he said, if you don't leave, wife, children, friends, mother, father, for my sake, you're not worthy. It's not about it's not about listening to your wife or no or to your husband or no, because they might be being used by God to give you wisdom or to a friend that you might have or to somebody that you might listen to. But guess what? I'm telling you really, really clear as they sometimes we need to get inside with God and listen to what he has to say. Sometimes we got to say thank you, baby. I love you. I thank you for all the advice. I appreciate it Thank you all my friends for all the advice. Thank you everybody for all the advice. I need to talk Close the door Take a moment and speak to the one that made you has the purpose for your life. But we're into politics, and we're into our business, and we're into he said and she said, and he, it went great for him. That's great. It might not go good for you because God has a destiny for your life. Amen. Jesus, help me. What, what is keeping you from doing what God actually called, called you for? What is keeping you? And so... I, I'm thankful because that story ends up with Sarah laughing, but in a good way, because God actually delivered on his promise. And in one day and one, when, when she decided I want to be in charge of the situation, actually it created tears in her life. When she allowed God to do it, it created laughter. And so we have Mark chapter two. You guys thought I forgot, but I really didn't. Becky, can you put Mark chapter 2 up there? A few days later, when Jesus entered again Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was what? There was no room left, not even in the outside. And he preached the word to them. Can we stop really quickly? There's four men trying to get this paralyzed man inside of the door, inside the home, and they are not able to. What's keeping them from getting to Jesus? The crowd. <laughs> the crowd. So men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus. Listen. Listen, listen carefully. The the crowd will not allow you to get to Jesus because the crowd resembles Sarah's mentality of waiting. It doesn't make sense for the crowd because the crowd will tell you, why are you doing what you're doing? You didn't tell me what to do. He told me what to do, so I got to do it. But the crowd wouldn't let them But I I want you to understand uh, a generation is about to rise where they don't care about no crowds (laughs) They don't care about who doesn't let them in who doesn't who says what they don't care about if the half a million people are doing that But if God told me to do this, then this is what I'm gonna do. Look at the difference. Look at the difference Sarah tells Hagar Have a baby for me these four men don't want to be healed. They want somebody else to be healed. <laughs> Since they not, could not get him into Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening. This is what I'm talking about. There's moments in your life where you are so crowded with everything in life, whether it be job, kids, marriage. You name it school whatever the case may be you're you're crowded your mind is crowded your your thoughts are crowded and you can't get a clear thought a clear moment to speak to God and and this is what God is saying hey it's your job to clear an opening make some room But we want God to do that. No, 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 no. If God is really our priority, then we need to clear some space. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. Ooh, that can preach by itself. Sometimes I got to dig through my calendar. Sometimes I got to dig through my pain. Sometimes I got to dig through and I got to make an opening so I can speak to him. Through it, and they lowered the mat and the, that the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, not the man's faith, their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, "Son, you're healed." That's what it says there. Oh, I, I read it wrong. I'm sorry. I, wasn't they? They were trying to save him from being paralyzed and. Jesus says, your son's up. oh, because he was paralyzed spiritually. And Jesus knows that. And he says, hey, what I really want to do is free you up spiritually. Because if not, you'll be one of these, one of these people in the crowd. That's all you'll be but I want to do something more exceedingly abundantly. What was keeping him? That he was actually paralyzed spiritually. The crowds kept the four men out of the house, but you know what? They said, I don't care about that. I started thinking, and I, I finished. I started thinking, man, what's, what's kept you from doing what God has called you to do? What, what's kept you from actually walking in his design? What's kept you from actually living out your truth and, and the dream that God has declared over your life and the word that he's declared over your life? What's keeping you? What's keeping you? And I also thought about it. I also thought about it this way. Listen to this. What's keeping you? See, they didn't allow nothing to keep them away from Jesus. Sarah allowed it wait to keep the promise away from her. But here's the detail. If you're still breathing and you still have life and a design and a purpose, someone's keeping you. Someone's keeping you. And I want you to understand this every single time that you think about what's keeping me from that that situation What what's what's keeping me from not falling into there? What keeps me alive? What what keeps me with my air in my lungs? What keeps me with purpose? He is He keeps me He keeps me He keeps me He keeps me I want to I want to I'm sorry, Becky. This 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 verse probably wasn't even on there, and I didn't tell you. It just came came to me. It's one of my favorite psalms of all time. I just want to share it with you really quickly before I go. Psalms 23 says this: "The Lord is my shepherd; I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He Leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path. For his namesake, even though I walk through the valley or the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. I want to tell somebody this today. Walking with God doesn't exempt you from the darkest valley. It just allows you to see him even better and clearer in your darkest moments. I will fear no evil. For who's with me? He's with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before in presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all of the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. You know what David was saying? I've been kept sometimes against my pride. I've been kept uh, 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 sometimes because of what I was thinking. I kept myself from some other things that I shouldn't have been doing. I, I, I keep myself from seeing the goodness of God, but I can't anymore because he's the one that provides the rod he 's the one that provides the light he 's the one that provides what I need he keeps me, he keeps me. I need a couple of people to say he keeps me, he keeps me he keeps me, he keeps me, he keeps my family, he keeps my destiny he keeps my future he keeps me he keeps me, he keeps me. It's not myself, it's not my want, it's not my desires, it's not what I think, it's not my strength, it's not who I think I am, it's what he says he I am. He keeps me, he keeps me, he keeps me. What keeps you, he does. No longer does depression keep me from enjoying my Lord and Savior because he keeps me I need you to switch it up on somebody and say hey listen, you know what? I, 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 I understand that my depression kept me from the joy of the Lord But I understand now that he keeps me from receiving joy He keeps me receiving his benefit and his glory He keeps me safe He keeps me safe and if we're trying to understand what God is trying to build in this season, if there's something that I want you to understand moving forward, is that He keeps you, He keeps your destiny. What you're made for what you have been created for he keeps you safe and sound when you least expected. when there was enemies that were trying to destroy your life he kept you he kept you from taking your life he kept you he kept you he kept you when when you thought it was all gone and done he kept you he kept you what what keeps you up going what keeps you moving what keeps you lifting up your hands what keeps you uh, praising God he does he does he does my wife tried to buy tickets for a concert and I'm done and uh, she found out that they were being sold out really quickly they were gone in a matter of seconds gone, Elena knows what I'm talking about Gone in seconds. And and you have to act fast and move fast. Can I tell you something? God never sells out. You don't have to worry and say, I got to do it now. I got to do it now. If not, it's not going to change. He'll do it. He He doesn't lose sleep. He doesn't sell out. He doesn't lose resources. He is the source. He is the source. He keeps you. Can we, can we get up for a second and lift our hands up and say, God, thank you for keeping me. Thank you for keeping me. Even though I didn't deserve it, thank you for keeping me. Thank you for keeping me. Thank you for keeping me. My sanity, thank you for keeping my heart, thank you for keeping my purpose intact, thank you, because I could have destroyed it a long time ago, but you kept it, you kept it, you kept it, you kept it, you kept it. I made a lot of wrong decisions, but you've kept it, you've kept it, you've kept it, and you're faithful beyond compare, there's no one like you, while we're unfaithful, you're still faithful, and you keep us safe, you keep your promise, you keep whatever you declares out of your mouth, you keep everything, and so we declare today that there's nothing that the enemy can keep us from, that can keep us from, from your love, from the destiny that you've created, in your name we pray. If you would like to learn more about who we are and what we believe at Freedom Church, then make sure you visit our website at freedomchurchfamily.com. You will find it easy to invest in this ministry as well as be a part of our upcoming events. Thank you so much for listening and remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this one. We pray you accept this gift of freedom and share it with someone you know.